Wait. I did write a book. It's like I've been in a dream where I was somehow really invested in the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. Actually, I, I don't know if this is a good time to talk about ARC or not. Um, What's ARC? It's a video game. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's it's similar in that like it's a for, fortress building kind of game and everything. You uh, you play it on a uh, an island filled with uh, prehistoric creatures, so it, it appealed to me in that way. And you can build and you can tame the prehistoric creatures, and I I, I just build and and tame my dinos and keep them. And I say, look at all my dinos, and I try to build them perfect stables and everything like that. But the game is extremely unforgiving. Um, you die constantly and. It takes a long, long time. I, it sounds like it takes a long time in, in Minecraft, too, to get enough stuff to actually do anything. Yeah, I mean, also, when you're flailing and don't know what you're doing, it doesn't help. Oh, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly the same <laughs> with Ark. Except Ark is, like I said, you, you die constantly, and it just doesn't care, and it'll kill all of your dinos if it wants to, because like you're like, ah, all my dinos, and then, you know, uh, uh, a giganotosaurus comes over, and it's like, I'm killing everything, and you're just watching it kill everything, and you're like, great, so. <laughs> great. <laughs> the largest, one of the largest land predators of all time, and then they have alpha versions of all the all the meat eaters, and it's like, great. So it's like, alpha allosaurus pack come over, and just they just eat everything. I'm just, just watching it happen, because <laughs> what the hell are you going to do with your bow and arrow, you know? Yeah, a pack of allosauruses, and uh, I I I uh, am embarrassed about how many hours I've I've sunk into that game. Well, I'm embarrassed about the two hours I sunk into, uh, or th- I guess two and a half hours I sunk oh. into. Uh, no, yeah, I get it. The game last night. Um, I'll just say that I'm over two thousand hours in Ark. So <laughs> that's a lot of hours. But you I, know, you don't have kids, so like I don't have kids, so I have dinos. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I wrote a review actually on Steam for Ark, and I, I gave it you know full five stars or whatever, and just wrote I've never picked up so much poop in my life. <laughs> picking up dino poop is part of it. That's really? the entire review. Yeah, you can use it for stuff, you know, fertilizer and starting things and everything. So you're like weird Barbie, where dog just poops everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Except it's the 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 T Rex from Toy Story. I think what's his name? Does he have a name? Rex. It's Rex. Rex. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> well, in every episode, we start off with some banter, which you just heard. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, then we give a brief summary of the movie. We go into the potent notables, which is just interesting facts and tidbits about the uh, about the movie and the production and everything. And then we do the movie overview, which spoiler alert is us talking about the movie's plot from beginning to end. 
So if you haven't seen Barbie, um, you should see it before you listen to this. Then from there, we go to the rank, the namesake of the show. We'll rank the movie on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best, in 10 categories. And we add our scores together. The cumulative score gives us the entire rank. And we're going to find out uh, what the best Best Picture nominee of all time is. Also, what the best Best Picture nominee of 2023 is. So today, we're ranking Barbie, the 2023 film starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. The screenplay written by Noah Baumbach and his wife, Greta Gerwig, who also directed the movie. So we're ranking this before the, the announcements of the Best Picture nominees, under the assumption that this will be nominated for Best Picture. So normally, uh, I'd say here what ca categories it was nominated in, but um, in this case, we don't know. So we do, however, know at this point, at the recording of this one, that it was nominated for Best Musical or Comedy in the Golden Globes category. So hmm. it's kind of both. It really is. So Barbie is enjoying life where each day is better than the one before until she starts getting played with by a middle-aged mother. Barbie starts to feel all of the insecurities that a real woman feels and must go to the real world, world to rectify the situation before she gets cellulite. Ken <laughs> stows away and discovers the patriarchy in the real world. And when Barbie goes back to Barbie land, she must fight the patriarchy that Ken has instilled and win back Barbie land for the Barbies. And at the same time, hope to restore the relationship between a mother and her teen daughter. Well, as you all know, and as we promised, we're ranking all the nominees for this year and getting them done before the telecast on March 10th. And if you had told me that a movie about Barbie mm -hmm. would end up being nominated for Best Picture, I don't think that I would have believed you. I don't know that I would have either. Um, I remember when they announced. I think they've announced a couple of versions of this movie, but I remember every every version or whatever. Every time I heard it being announced, I was like, hmm, motherfucker. Because we've had toy movies before, right? And board right. game movies before. And you know, exactly one of them are any good. So Battlefield is amazing. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if you liked at least the first or second Transformers, but um I'm gonna go ahead and count that. It's not amazing. No, not like this anyway. Okay, good. Clue was good though. Clue is the only one that's any good, and uh, I think they kind of went in a similar kind of direction with with this one, which is what worked. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so the thing that surprises me most about this is um, I feel like it's deserved. Like I just I can't believe that I'm like mm -hmm. ranking a movie about Barbie. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's like, again, if you once you, I, I assume most people have seen it because it made a zillion dollars. But, yeah. um, you know, once you see it, you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> they went, yeah, they went sense. the, I don't know if it's the only possible good direction, but they, it's one of the few and they, they went that way. So, yeah. I guess we'll find out if they nailed it. But first, uh, let's start with the potent notables. Mm. So for the 2023 nominees, I haven't been able to give the box office results, which is usually what I start with. But in this case, I can because we're ranking it after it has left theaters or at least, mm. you know, it's barely in theaters. I think it made $6,000 last weekend. So well, um, <laughs> it's better than some of the movies that we've actually mentioned. Yeah, that's true. According to the incomplete numbers that we have. Though. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but it made $636.2 million domestically, 
and $805.6 million internationally for a, for a total of $1.4 billion worldwide. I love that. that. Is I love that I, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I, I hear, though, the 1.4, and I think, wow, it made over a billion dollars. It made almost a billion and a half. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is getting up there. So, uh, wowee. People like yeah. more? Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the uh, it's the highest gro- grossing movie we've ranked thus far. Well done. Well, I mean, yeah. I was I was gonna su- suggest something else, but no, not even close. Well, the second highest rate, um, highest grossing movie we've ranked so far is Aquaman. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I just think is hilarious. <laughs> Barbie and then Aquaman. I watch a crossover. Uh, I mean, so would I. So all of this was against a budget of $100 million, which, you know, that's a big budget, but seems kind of minuscule when mm-hmm. you see the returns. And, um, I, and I read that they spent a good portion of that budget just on that pink, sh- that shade of pink paint. Well, we'll get there, but I think okay. you're kind of right. So just two weeks after arriving in theaters, Barbie earned the distinction of becoming the first ever billion-dollar film solely directed by a female director. A, two, a billion in two weeks, you said? Yeah, two weeks. All righty. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, I remember, I, like, obviously, this was just this summer. I remember it being huge, but, uh, well, wow. uh, I mean, we'll we'll probably get into it somewhat, but uh, they did the genius move of tapping a demographic that um, movie makers, like, tend to ignore. Women? Yeah, women in general, <laughs> and young women particularly, and um, not to say they don't go see movies, they absolutely do, but they don't go see, you know. People don't make movies with them in mind the way they do young boys or young boys, young men, I guess. You know, no, you're right. Worlds. Well, it was. A, oh, God, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I feel, I feel like people were like, oh, shit, look, a movie that's actually like made somewhat with me in mind instead of just I have to go see Transformers again. Well, not only that, but like it's got quite the feminist message. You can tell it was made by by, by, by a woman. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like with sensibilities and a perspective that kind of a lot of movies don't have because they're made by whoever, you know? Right, by Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Where, where's Godfather for Women? Godmother. It's right here. Yes, yeah, this is the this is the Godfather for Women. Just shorter, thankfully. Well, originally announced in two thousand nine, this project has undergone multiple different iterations and been a property for three different studios. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was a Universal Pictures production, but after five years of development, Sony Pictures took over in twenty fourteen. Jenny Bix was hired as a screenwriter, but replaced by Diablo Cody the following year, mm. Juno writer. In December 2016, Amy Schumer entered negotiations to star in the title role, as well as rewrite the screenplay alongside Kim Caramelli. That's an I don't know who that is. Schumer exited the project in 2017, where it was announced Alethea Jones would direct, Olivia Milch would write, and Anne Hathaway would lead role would do the lead role. Hmm. Sony's option expired in October 2018, and the project transferred to Warner Brothers Pictures, where the project would finally make progress and become a film. That's uh, a lot of iterations to go through, and can I mean, no offense to everybody else who might have been included, but I feel like this is the iteration that this is the best possible iteration I can think of. Yeah, I agree. I don't know that I nothing against any of those other people, but. I mean, when you nail something, it's hard to nail it more. Yeah. Well, you know, the interesting thing, you know, I guess like 
as a lay person, you know, not in the, the industry, the entertainment industry, I just, you know, you don't think about how long it takes to to get a movie put together. You just think like, oh, oh here's like an idea I've got. Now let's go shoot it. Yeah, and all the moving parts that have to that have to go come together, and all the different people who have to be yeah. working toward the same goal and happy. Like, you can think you have a great idea for a movie, and then all the studio heads pop in and they change it, and you're like, "Well, this isn't the movie I wanted to make." So, yeah, it's, it's really wild. Now, correct me if I'm saying this name wrong, but it's Simu Lu, right? Simu Lu, yeah. Well, he showed that he could do a backflip with a demonstration during dance rehearsals. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling's reaction to this backflip inspired <laughs> Greta Gerwig to rivalize their Kens in the story. <laughs> it doesn't say, say exactly what his reaction was. It no, was I a... couldn't find it. I've been, uh, isn't that hilarious? I wish they'd filmed it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm imagining a combination of awe and uh, um, envy. Yeah. Well, I feel like it was exactly what... Uh, what he does in the movie where he just goes, mm-hmm. what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, Margot Robbie had two requests for director Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. She wanted a slide for Barbie's house that could go from her bedroom to her swimming pool and a mermaid Barbie to be featured in the movie somehow. All right, mermaid Barbie. Love it. <laughs> I didn't know there was a mermaid Barbie before this movie. But I didn't know there were a lot of different Barbies. I know. I feel like. I, I mean, I feel like this this w- was probably so much more fun than it was for just me who didn't know much of anything about Barbie, for people who, like, actually know about all this stuff and, like, we're like, hey, what's that? And all that yeah. stuff. It must have been, that must have been delightful because I was just like, okay, there's a mermaid. <laughs> I don't know if it's multiple mermaids or she just has different hair each time, but she's <laughs> popping up everywhere. <laughs> well, John there's... Cena shows up as Merman. Yep, and then there's a guy Merman, and it's John Cena, which I did not know he was in it. So I loved that the first time. I was like, alrighty. Well, did you hear the story about how that happened? It's not in my potent notables, but Margot actually, Robbie was. Oh, did I you? actually did. No, they were they were filming and they were filming and they just met at a restaurant or something, or not met, but they knew each other and saw each other at a restaurant. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey, you want to be a mermaid?" A mermaid? In a, <laughs> he's in like Barbie, he's, and he was he's like, like yes. "Yes, exactly." <laughs> and I mean, you know, say what you want to about John Cena, but he kind of nails it whenever he has a. He's just a funny guy. I, I, I mean, I increasingly like John Cena. The more and more I see of him, the the more I like him. Yeah, he's funny. He's like he's like uh, the Rock, you know. Well, following the release of the Netflix series Sex Education that starred Emma Mackey, who plays physicist Barbie. Mm-hmm. The actress had often been mistaken for Margot Robbie and vice versa. So according to Robbie, director Greta Gerwig wanted to have Mackie in the cast so she could film a doppelganger joke with both of them. Mm -hmm. However, plans for that scene were scrapped after the actresses discovered that once they got all dressed up as their respective Barbies, they didn't look similar at all. It's funny because I don't think they look that much alike. I don't think so either. (laughs) So good. I'm glad. I'm glad that just wearing the prop. I don't know wearing different clothes. I don't know. I don't understand what that is. I don't either. But uh, it's a funny idea. I mean, I think it would work with Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. That'd be great. I actually, do you know who I think? Who I think Margot Robbie looks a ton alike. Who's that? I think her name's Jamie Presley. She was the one in My Name Is Earl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poison Ivy three also great mm-hmm. movie. What the hell is that movie? <laughs> I've heard of oh, it's like a skin of Max type movie. All right, looking that up right now. But no, yeah, actually, I do think they look somewhat alike. 
Well, according to Ryan Gosling, he accepted the role of Ken after seeing his daughter's Ken doll lying face down in the mud next to a <laughs> squished, squished lemon. <laughs> Have you seen this? Ryan Gosling, no. Well, <laughs> he's like, I remember that lemon. It looked so bad. Well, the reason is, and he's I've seen the picture. He took a picture of it. <laughs> And and e and not emailed and texted Greta and and with the caption saying, "I shall be your Ken." His story <laughs> must be told. <laughs> oh my God! This uh, I like that some of the behind the scenes stuff of this movie is as fun as the movie. That's yeah, like, that's like delightful to me. <laughs> well, you and also Ryan Gosling. I shall be okay. All right, fine. What, are you going to be King Arthur? Like this is not exactly. <laughs> well, have you ever seen interviews with Ryan Gosling and like behind the scenes stuff with him? He's hilarious. Yeah, I've I, the only thing I've seen to that nature is I've seen him talking to interviewers about the Barbie movie here, and he's like he expounds upon Kenner Kennergy and everything else as though yeah. he's giving a TED talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it does come off as very funny. So yeah, he's a really funny guy. So Barbie is 23% larger than everything in Barbie land to mimic the awkward disproportionate scale. The real Barbies and Barbie activity sets are produced in. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great point. I, I sort of appreciated that, but didn't notice it consciously. Cause I, I mean, didn't notice it when I first watched it, but doing the potent notables and then watching it this time, mm -hmm. I was like really aware of it. And I really liked it. Like she's too big for the car. Yeah. She's barely fits in her bed, you know, like, mm -hmm. Well, actually, uh, I remember being a kid and looking at Barbies and being like, these are weirdly, the proportions are just strange. Like, I remember that too. But I, um, but yeah, this is why Barbie sometimes appears too large for things like her car or why her ceilings seem to be too low in the dream houses. Mm -hmm. So when Barbie and Ken are first in the car going to the real world, the odometer on the dashboard reads 031959. It's a reference to the first Bob Barbie doll launching in March 1959. Ooh, that's an Easter egg. I know. I thought that was kind of cool. So Greta Gerwig, and you might have heard this one, refused to cut a scene with the older lady by you know, the one on the bench. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she refused to cut that scene um, by holding her ground against studio executives saying, quote, I love that scene so much. And the older woman on the bench is the costume designer, Ann Roth. She's mm -hmm. a legend. It's a cul-de-sac of a moment in a way. It doesn't lead anywhere. And in early cuts, looking at the movie, it was suggested... Well, you could cut it, and actually the story would move on just the same. And I said, if I cut the scene, I don't know what this movie is about. End quote. Fantastic. I'm glad it's, she stood up. Isn't for that great? I, I love that scene. Uh, yeah, that scene is it, it's a huge part of what makes this work. And I'm not saying it wouldn't work without it, but it's fantastic. And what the fuck kind of dumb studio? This is studio executives. Do they know anything about movies sometimes? <laughs> I think they don't. I think they just know about money and not even about how to make money. They just want to make money. And when they right. accidentally trip over making money, they think they know what they're doing. That sounds about right. That sounds mm -hmm. like pretty much everybody in charge. Yeah. Hey, this yep. worked. I don't know Failing. what I did. I'm just going to try to, you know, do the same thing over and over. Yeah, exactly. What do they call it? Um, It's like a failing upward kind of thing. It's being promoted to your own level of incompetence. Yep, exactly. So delightful. It's my life. Well, I'd love it to be my life. And so, I'm really incompetent. Can someone promote me? And they're all like, no, you're too incompetent. And I'm like, oh. Well, an early concept for the film involved all of the Barbies in Barbie land having quote-unquote paddle hands modeled after real Barbies, you know, molded plastic hands that, you know, yeah. fingers are all stuck together and everything. 
So, however, the idea performed poorly in early camera tests and was eventually scrapped in favor of the actors using their hands as normal. Uh, Kate McKinnon was supposedly the best cast member at Paddle Hands and never broke them once. Which I feel like makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. I'm looking back now and I, I feel like I, 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 I didn't notice that, but now I'm possibly retroactively noticing. I'm glad they didn't go that direction entirely. I don't know if it would have worked. <laughs> well, when Greta Gerwig took on the film, she insisted on certain bonding experiences, including cast slumber parties and quote-unquote movie church. All of the Barbies were invited to stay the night at a London hotel, and the Kens were allowed to stop by, but not stay. <laughs> the Kens were allowed to stop by. <laughs> bye, guys. Okay, bye. So Gosling apparently couldn't make it, but didn't want his absence to go unnoticed. In his place, he sent a singing telegram in the form of a Scotsman, dressed in a kilt, playing the bagpipes, and reciting lines from Braveheart. <laughs> I, I don't know how that relates, but I'm fine with it. Uh, every Sunday, the entire cast gathered at the Electric Cinema in Notting Hill, where they watched movies relevant to the Barbie storyline. The group began to refer to the weekly get-togethers as movie church. Did they say what movies? No, I didn't see that. I mean, it's probably out there somewhere. I just didn't look it up. I, part, I partly feel like Greta Gerwig just wanted to have slumber parties. And hey, who doesn't? <laughs> I would love to have. We, I would love to do that. Just get together, play video games all night. That's what we do it at sleepovers. Well... Know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what similarly aged age people miss that. Yeah, no kidding. Like we do that when we're kids, we just sleep over and hang out with each other, and and then when we're an adult, we're like, well, I'm not gonna. I have my own house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why would I go there? I have <laughs> I have everything here, as I like to say, all my stuff's here. One of them was one of the movies they watched was The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Oh, that's supposed to be a great movie. They used classic movie musicals. Inspiration. Mm. So. Um, I haven't seen that one. I've always wanted to. I, I think the sensibility is there, like visually as well, because it's like kind of delightful. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. But uh... well, I like musicals more than you do, and I don't feel like I like musicals that much. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? I like musicals all right, but I just don't go out of my way to see them. You know, mm -hmm. I've discovered that I like them more than I thought I did. When I was a kid, I didn't like them at all. Like, I was just like, why are they fucking singing? Nobody would do that in real life. But now I sort of enjoy the... The whimsy the, of it. Yeah, the whimsy, the escapism of it all. All you um, gotta do is, um, if you Google image search some, some some pictures of that movie, you see the color palette. Just, if nothing else, <laughs> just sort of being right there. Well, being awarded creative freedom for Barbie was no easy process, as I'm sure you mm -hmm. can imagine. Margot Robbie's company, Lucky Chap, had to prove to Mattel and Warner Brothers that they could create the perfect narrative that matched both companies' ideals while still delivering on entertainment that would draw in crowds at theaters. So Robbie had always wanted to work with Greta Gerwig on a project, and Gerwig was prepared to impress the toy company and the movie production company with their best efforts. So she penned an abstract poem about Barbie to secure complete writing freedom for the film. Alrighty. But nobody involved in it in the endeavor has ever revealed exactly what its words consisted of. Dang. Greta we, gotta find the, we gotta find the lost Margot Robbie haiku or whatever you said it was. Greta Gerwig's, but yeah. Well, Greta compared it to the Apostles' Creed Christian Prayer. So that, <laughs> I'm like, it's really weird. All right. <laughs> 
Why are why are the potent notables for this movie so wacky? I love it. <laughs> well, Ryan Gosling said, quote, Margot had this pink day once a week where everyone had to wear something pink. If you didn't, you were fined. She would go around collecting the fines and she would donate it to a charity. End quote. If you didn't, you were fined. <laughs> <laughs> what day do they wear pink on uh on in uh Mean Girls? Oh, I don't remember. Is it Wednesday? It might be Wednesday. That that must have been it. I wonder if it could be any shade of pink, or if it had to be like baby girl pink. Because when I was a kid, um, it was the '80s when you were a kid too. We're the same age, and (laughs) I remember once my my mom wanted to put me in a black and pink T-shirt because it had like pink writing all over it, and I was like, "Boys don't wear pink," because I was a victim of patriarchy at six years old. And she said, "No, no, 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 no. Boys can wear hot pink. This is hot pink." And I was like, "Oh, okay, it's hot pink." And also, you might notice that my initial objection was, boys don't wear pink. And then as soon as I learned about it being hot pink, I said, all right, sounds good, huh? <laughs> You're manly. Yep. Well, I have to say that uh, we are not doing that with Lyndon. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have any, like, reference to, like, pink being for girls. Yeah, good. And it's really fascinating because you know what kind of backpack he wanted? He wanted What's a that? backpack. Oh, and he got go. he has pink candy pink shoes. He well, just got brand new. It's not a bad color. It. It's just well, what I like about it is that it's just light red, and, right. and red is and red is rather manly. So whatever. Actually, the, I think I read the colors used to be switched. That yeah, um, pink, pink it, was it did. considered a boy's color. It was pink was very masculine, and now it's very feminine, and it, it makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense, and I will admit I don't actually own anything that's pink. I have something that's peach, peach like trending towards salmon but that's it and the thing is is i'm like do i not like pink as much because it's instilled into my brain or i just not do i just not like pink as much mm-hmm. and i really think it has more to do with you know that it's been in my brain that i don't like yeah. pink a- absolutely the same it's funny how we've been affected by these like sexist ideals that they force on you from a young age because i don't like li- I-, I tell myself i don't like lighter colors in general like lighter shades but then again i have no problem with like baby blue stuff Right. I'm like, ooh, this looks nice. Pink, I'm just like, my my brain is immediately like, oh, that's pink. You can't wear that. And I'm like, why, why, why not? Why not brain? Brain's like, I don't know. Yeah, we it's were, ridiculous. We were told so. Yeah, so it's funny. Well, anyway, so Barbie Land was created almost entirely using practical effects and clever scenic design choices. The backgrounds are all hand-painted backdrops, and most locations, like the dream houses, are were real sets. The transition scenes between Barbie Land and the real world were also practical, using old school movie tricks to achieve the feeling of motion, such as crew members turning cranks to make waves in the ocean. I feel like you can tell that watching it. And yeah, you can. I just think it's kind of cute. I'm just saying that I, I I think you can tell it by which I mean um, it has an effect on you that that like more digital effects might not have. It it does something to you knowing that like you know that you're looking at real things. Yeah, I agree. And like it, it's like wow. It is. It's especially um, useful because like everything looks fake, obviously, but everything looks fake in the way that toys look fake, in that they are real objects, but they're mimicking something else. I no, think, I, I think it's. I mean, the tangibility I mean, we'll of, to it of and, everything. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to it with the rank and everything, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you could have made better choices. Oh, absolutely. You know, like it feels like every choice was like, "Yep, that's the right choice." It's, anyway, it's, yeah, I don't mean, yeah, I also don't want to get too far into it, but like, it's incredible. 
While production designer Sarah Greenwood claimed that so much fluorescent pink paint from the company Roscoe was used for the set construction that it caused international sh shortages. It's hilarious. <laughs> However, according to Lauren Proud, vice president of marketing and digital experience of Roscoe, mm. while the production did indeed use as much paint as the company had, the shortages were connected with the supply chain problem during the COVID-19 pandemic. Okay. So I guess it's technically true, but there's more to it. Right. So does that does that shade of pink have a name? I have no idea. It's a good question. Maybe it's I've been candy wondering. Pink. Margot Robbie cracked up laughing at Ryan Gosling's performance so often during their scenes together that she and Greta Gerwig had to work out a system in which she would try and hold a smile on her face mm. for just long enough to cut before breaking character. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen footage of him doing some improv stuff and it's he in fact was kind of crazy with it. <laughs> not too much but i've seen i haven't some. seen that i want to see it now i saw one where you know the part of course we just watched it um you know when he's at his casa mojo dojo house whatever yeah and he's like pretending to be way cool and like yeah i guess you can come in whatever um but then he goes in like he goes like where she can't see and he's like you know sublime happy. yep he, he's got i've seen takes where he says some of the goofiest stuff instead of that like you know, like I can't remember, but and he says some really wacky things, and you can like hear Gritiger we're laughing in the background, and you can see Margot yeah. Robbie like not being able to hold it together. <laughs> I can I'm imagine them you, being man, like, "He is hilarious." Yeah, it's I can imagine more comedies. Well, we we've done a, a action comedy with him, and yeah, great, and so. he was really fun in it. Yeah, um, I can just imagine though in these situations, directors being like, "Okay, that's great, but we really do need a good take here," you know. Well, that's remember with the nice guys, they talked about how yeah, they were joking around so much. Yeah, well, um, Simu Lu plays an Asian variant of Ken in the film, though he's not based on a specific Ken. The first Asian Ken doll to be released was in 2011 with the collector edition Japan Ken, also known as the Samurai Ken, because of course, sounds great, included as part of the Dolls of the World series. Not only was he the first Asian Ken. He was also the first and so far only Ken to be included in Dolls of the World, which was previously a Barbie only line. I, I, I would just be so happy if I was Asian and that's the one bit of representation you have in doll form and it's a samurai and you're not even necessarily Japanese if you're Asian. So that's nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> well I, I think there were other, there were probably Barbies from other ones. It was just oh, like perfect. Perfect. I gotcha. So Emerald Fennel plays Barbie's friend Midge in the film. Mm -hmm. So Midge was first introduced in 1963 as her redheaded companion. Her appearance in this film is specifically based on the 2003 pregnant Midge and baby doll from the happy family line. <laughs> so this doll is infamous for having been controversial back when she was released as the doll was accused of promoting teen pregnancy, even though Midge was an adult in this version and for seemingly being an unwed single mother, even though Midge had gotten married to Ken's friend Alan in 1990 with the wedding day Midge gift set, and Alan was a part of the happy family line as her husband. So wait, hold on. When was this pregnant Midge released? 2003. This not was 2003. Ago. 20 were, years ago. Yeah. yeah. This was not 1971. This yeah. is... It's pathetic, isn't it? Anyway... So the box for Midge and Baby lacked a cutout of Alan in the back, <laughs> making it seem like she was unmarried and pregnant. So Walmart pulled the doll from shelves 
and forced Mattel to replace it with a new box that had a cutout of Ken in the corner of the box to make it more obvious that she's married. Her silver wedding band on her hand was also painted to be thicker to make it more noticeable. This is what's important. You know what I mean? This is the yeah. stuff we have to spend time on. It's family values, you know? Sure, sure. Fucking ridiculous. All right. Ruth Handler said in the movie that she was arrested for tax evasion. This is actually true. In the 1970s, an investigation of fraudulent financial reports was conducted, which caused Handler to resign as president of Mattel in 1974 and leave the company in 1975. After the investigation concluded, she was charged with fraud and false reporting to the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission and was punished with a fine of $57,000 and 2,500 hours of community service. According to a statement, she blamed her breast cancer illness, saying that it caused her to be unfocused on her business. I guess that's fair. At first, I was like, I yeah, really how? That, but. I still kind of don't really know, but I get being unfocused on your business, but like, yeah. I, you have people that can do this for you, you know? Anyway. You think so? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean. It's just, it does seem a little like, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the Ken working sign was originally a standard men working sign, but Michael Sarah suggested they change it to the pun. That's funny. <laughs> I like it. Good job, Michael. And the last one, Ryan Gosling sent Greta Gerwig a surprise line of dancers to perform I'm Just Ken at her morning Pilates class and wish her a happy 40th birthday on August 4th, 2023. <laughs> so it was after the movie had come out. Yeah, I like to imagine that she's like, well, this is kind of weird, but at least it's not a a guy in a kilt reciting lines from Braveheart. So, <laughs> well, that's it. Those are the potent notables. I thought they were Yay. kind of fun. They're, this movie, I, I love that this movie was as goofy behind the scenes as it is on the scenes. It makes I know, me very it's, happy. It's kind of fun too because I feel like the other ones we've done from 2023 so far have been kind of hard to find potent notables, and this was just like jam packed with yeah. tons of boat notables. So this, this movie's nothing but fun. Well, let's go aside. to the movie overview. Oh, sorry. Well, I, I want to side quick because we're going to jump right into Barbie World in a moment. It's Pantone 219C, magenta pink. Oh, that's Bar Barbie it. pink. However, there is a shade of pink made by designer Stuart Semple, who is also, um, it's, it's a whole thing that I don't want to get into with, uh, with color design, but he designed a, a, a color called pinky, which is very close to it. Um, but it's like free to use instead of like, you don't have to worry about Mattel coming after you or something. Um, he's also the guy who is in, who is uh, involved in the, the big feud with the um, color designer, Anish Kapoor with the, with the world's darkest black. It's a real, it's a real big fun thing. You should go look it up at some point. This guy created the world's darkest black. Well, it's, it's very black is what it is. 99.9995% of light it absorbs. That's how black it is. Um, wow. It's like a black hole. But, but he's like a real dickhead about letting people use it. So this this other guy, Stuart Simple, created a very, very similar black <clears throat> and was like, feel free to use it. So it's a big, uh, there's a big um, rivalry between the two of them. And then Simple ended up creating the pinkest pink. I don't understand what the pinkest pink means. You should look up objects that are painted this Vanta black because they have no definition. Like you can't tell where they end in the corners and everything because they, they reflect no light. Anyway, that's enough of that pinky. It's really creepy. It's kind of weird. Pinky, though. It's nice that Simple made it simple for everybody, though. <laughs> no, that's, that was actually a good one. Let's move on, though. All right. Well, let's go to the movie overview. Movie overview. 
So who would have ever thought that a movie about Bet Barbie would be a Best Picture nominee? Here we are. We're going. Not me. Did you enjoy this uh, 2001 Space Odyssey parody to start off with? Um, yes. I me too. It might have gone on a tad too long, but that's just... I agree. Know. Okay. It, it went on a tad too long in 2001 a Space Odyssey too. Yeah. Oh, that's actually true. That's, that's not even. It's not even necessarily anyone with this film's fault. Um, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right, I get it, and it kind of makes me wonder. Also, did a lot of the audience get it? And I don't mean women. I mean just people in general. I feel like 2001 a Space Odyssey is not seen by most people, and I'm not sure how much it's in the public consciousness anymore. But it still works, obviously. I think people maybe people love that movie. Um, like, but I've you've seen it, right? Yeah, I've never been. I just I was kind of like, okay, I liked it a lot. Um, but I feel like I need to like, rewatch it. It's conceptually like more interesting than it is actually watching it, because it's quite boring at times. Actually, that's how I felt about. It. I was just like, Are we, we're still doing this, okay? Yep, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. We're still doing this. There's a story about when it premiered. Rock Hudson stormed out of the movie and shouted, "What is this movie about?" and didn't come back. Really? Yeah. So that's delightful. I, I kind of feel him on that, you know? Now, did he sashay out? Uh, I think he just stormed, thank you. Not everyone sashays as I sashay away. <laughs> so, man, this little girl is just destroying these fucking babies. They're just... Yeah. Their heads are blowing up. They seem ready to do that. I don't know if I don't know if the filmmakers were like, all right, now destroy the babies, and the kids are like, okay. <laughs> I'm sure they were. Crush. And it just it works though. Now I don't have girls, I have boys, but I'm telling you, those boys would be ready in a heartbeat to smash stuff. That's kids for you, I think. Yeah. I you know, I hadn't actually known all a lot of this uh this background information about how you couldn't get adult dolls. Yeah, I didn't either. I thought it was sort of fascinating and it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Kids love pretending to be adults. It's how they like learn to be adults eventually. Yeah. Well, thanks to Barbie, all problems of feminism and equal rights have been solved. Yep. <laughs> From Barbie's perspective. Yeah. Although I will say, it's not very equal in Barbie Land either. No, it is not. Which is I don't what know. They if do that... address at the end, but yeah, exactly. Um, it's interesting though. But then again, they're dolls, and they have a pretty simple, you know perception of how the world is or should work so they're i feel like they get a little bit more leeway than the real world where we exclude entire human beings yeah from no kidding from participating well so we're gonna cut to uh to barbie mm -hmm. for the first time Mar margot robbie and she's um you know just waking up and she's got a sequin blanket which looks incredibly uncomfortable yeah it really does but then again She's a doll, and I'm not really sure how much she sleeps. Does you think she actually sleeps, or do you think she just lays there, mimicking sleep until it's time to get up? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Do, do the toys in Toy Story sleep? We don't know. That's a good point. What happens when they have to stay still? Do, like, do they have thoughts going through their heads? They must, because they know when the kid's gone. They know when the kid's gone, and they know how they've been played with, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's not Barbie. So um, <laughs> now we've got the song playing in the background here. Mm -hmm. I love this song. I do too. I was very, uh, I was very into it when it first uh, came out. So unnerved by these accusations against Lizzo that I have a hard time appreciating it quite so much now. But nonetheless, it's a fun song. I find it hard to believe that Lizzo would be a dick about body image. Same. But I don't know. Multiple backup dancers have come out, and 
That was the thing. I know. Like, it's really? like, you know, when you get multiple people doing it, it's 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 not a cons- typically things are not a conspiracy, you know? Mm. Like Yeah. Yeah. So, I get it. I just it's just no hard same. to imagine, you know? I, that was the thing. I love like, well, Lizzo, or at least I yeah. love Lizzo. Yeah. Same. It's just like not that that's the very last thing I would expect of her, but I definitely didn't expect that of her. So it was like yeah. very like, really? Yeah, this sucks. I almost wish she was just mean to someone like about something else. Yeah. Why does that have to be about body image? Like of all things. Very strange. But anyway, that doesn't really matter. The song's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't even realize it was Lizzo, to be honest with you, until you just said that. But um, if that was a me- real mirror, you'd see a perfect smile um i don't know it's just so many like it's it's like an it's like a song that's narrating the events as we see them mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of appropriate for barbie land and how i guess simplistic it is but i'm like a very surface level like this is what i'm doing and that's that <laughs> and i love what pink stands for pretty intelligent never sad and cool <laughs> <laughs> I think the never sad makes me laugh the most, actually. That's the one that gets me, too. I love that. I also loved that, like, so they show a bunch of, you know, Barbies getting awards and stuff here, right? And Nobel Mm -hmm. laureates. And I love that none of them are humble. They're just like, thanks, I deserve this. I I deserve this, yeah. (laughs) Also a lot of fun. It's uh, it's like there's so much, like, I I love, it's so subtly feminist. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Maybe it's not the, well, even that subtle, but it's like I just I don't know. That's it, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great that they're not that, that they're not being like falsely humble, you know, because you know that's so an expectation society puts on some people. Yeah, and I mean, I will say I think that if a guy came out and was just like, "Yeah, I deserved this," it probably wouldn't sound great either. But it's not as bad as when women do it. Oh, absolutely. Um, and not, I mean, like society views it as not not like i think it's bad anyway um interesting uh, this is all this is all very much what uh the taylor swift song the man is about yeah that's true she could engage in all sorts of behavior as a man and they just go oh he's such a boss right anyway well they also address it later in the movie when they have uh the nobel prize for literature woman Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well she's like i won this how did i i I definitely don't deserve this i just want to thank my ken (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so with the patriarchy being in full swing then yeah now the, you know helen Mirren is narrating here and and then she goes barbie always has a great day but ken only has a great day if barbie looks at him mm-hmm. i just that's kind of sad that's incredibly sad right off the bat like god damn this kid he's just sitting there waiting all day just for her, for her to, to look nice at him her. it's so it's so like it's such a superficial thing to need. So like, that's not a great thing for Ken to like feel, but at the same time, you really feel for him. Yeah, you really do. And, um, we get our first glimpse of Michael Sarah as Alan, which I really (laughs) enjoyed. Just, you know, Michael Sarah, I think is one of the best physical, like subtly physical comedians. Oh, I know. He, he really is like later in the movie when he's going to go over the fence and then they just mm-hmm. like, Alan, go around. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's got this way with facial expressions. I don't know how he does it, but yeah. his face is always just perfect for whatever has to be happening. And just the, the way he looked like when they first released the images 
of what a lot of these characters look like what you know well before the movie came out and just seeing him as alan was like okay that's yep he's alan by itself is hilarious <laughs> so we're gonna get into some silly puns here right whether because you get a rivalry between ryan gosling's ken and simu lu's ken and they're like i'm gonna beat you off yeah <laughs> which, which is silly but fun yeah it's i like just, that it it's never crazy to... oh go ahead i'm sorry that's okay. Um, I just like that it never comes to a head. None of these characters understand the 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 meaning of the double entendre here. They just all right. take it hundred percent to mean beach. <laughs> the dedication to that makes me laugh. Well, I also love like I mean, like if you take a step back from what we're doing right now, and you just we're we are ranking best picture nominees. And we're talking about beat you off as being one mm-hmm. of the dialogue. And and we're not like, this is stupid. Like when we did Million Dollar Baby, we're like, this dialogue's fucking terrible, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times. And here we're just like, yeah, this is, yeah, makes sense. Beach, beat you off. Um, mm-hmm. I just, it's, yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's just funny. It's I was so thinking, many things about this movie. They could have told you that this would be a Best Picture nominee. And you'd be like, really? And like, you yeah, wouldn't no have to give you all way. the details. Yeah, the, all they'd have to tell you, oh, there's going to be a Best Picture nominee that has this pun in it. You'd be like, well, well I don't know how that's going to work, but fine. <laughs> right, exactly. Say so. Would they expand it to 20 movies now? <laughs> so Ken must be having a really good day. Oh, yeah. Because he spends a lot of time with Barbie. And that fun. But then again, that sort of day just kind of gets your hopes up. You kind of yeah, think, wow, Barbie cool. likes me now. And then, then we see his disappointment later. <laughs> Well, because then he's like, can I come over? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I can come over. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. He's like, really? I wasn't expecting a yes there. But then he sees Simu Lu's Ken dancing with Barbie, and he gets jealous. So he goes over and starts to dance, and she just walks away. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not like right away, you know, like just eventually. And and then Simu Lu does the backflip, and he's like, whoops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rivalry reaction those two is just immediately hilarious, by the way. Yeah, it really is. And then Barbie goes, You're, do you guys ever think about dying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just talk about an iconic scene, you know? Yeah. It's just so pitch perfect. <laughs> even like what, even like her dancing at that exact moment is hilarious for that to be that, you know? It's like yeah. so frivolous and then also, then also so deep. It's just like, what? <laughs> and I mean, it's the irrepressible thoughts of death Barbie, which is not mm-hmm. a good Barbie. Okay. Not the best Barbie, but it's understandable. I think we all get it. Well, then we get this, uh, hurry up the president's here. And Issa Rae goes, I am. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So now Ken's going to be like, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe I could sleep over. She's like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, no, it's a girl's night. And he's like, yeah, every night is girls' night. And she's like, yeah, every night is girls' night. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. <laughs> this is this is when those sleepovers that uh, Greta Gerwig had come absolutely into play. Exactly. All right, um, Ken's, you can say hi and then go away. Ken's <laughs> like, oh. just imagine the Ken's sitting in the lobby of the hotel, like that was fun. Maybe they'll come down. So she's gonna wake up in the morning, right? And um, we're gonna get a whole new beginning song here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> Sorry, <And>, is... <laughs> it's just really funny. No, it's it's great. And then we get, you know, Pink the, uh, as a different acronym. Panic. Mm-hmm. I'm scared. Nauseous. Death. <laughs> <laughs> it's for death. 
I gotta say, that's a fantastic joke, honestly. It really is. I, the escalation of it is great because initially, it, it, K doesn't really stand for cool. So I'm thinking, are they going to do something similar? Are they going to like make it? You know, uh, uh, I, I can't think what, but um, you know, another thing that begins with C or maybe C, and then they just go death, and it's just perfect. It, it really is. It's it's it really is fantastic. I'm like explaining um, the joke. It's 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 a really good joke. So, <laughs> um, do you think that? in the next scene here where uh, I mean, she's going to fall, right? So she's going to fall mm -hmm. out of the house and bad things are happening to her, but uh, she goes to the beach and then her feet go flat. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we spent a lot of time looking at her feet and I was just thinking, do you think Quentin Tarantino liked this part of the movie? Yeah. I actually thought that too. We also spent a lot of time looking at her feet earlier when we see that they are, when she steps out of her heels, they are. Oh, right. They stay, they stay heel. like that. I saw that that scene, um, a little notable of me, because I saw that they uh, put down some tape or some traction stuff or whatever, so, so the heels would actually stop correctly and not, like, flop at all, like, stop mm -hmm. dead. And then Margot Robbie just walked on her toes. Like, yeah. it's just... Well, she was she did ballet for years, so... I guess that would explain that. <laughs> By the way, ballet, good God. Yeah, I was thinking okay. the other day. It's unrelated to anything, but I saw someone... I don't know, but I saw someone, like, talking about sports and... I was just thinking, you know, ballet is not a sport, but good lord, it looks hard. Yeah, it's not. Ever tried sitting on your toes? Ain't good. I have tried because of seeing, you know, ballet. You know, seeing mm -hmm. that happen. It's like, how do they do that? And I would try it, and I'd just be like, nope. <laughs> that's enough of not that for me. Yep. <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah, there's a lot of foot footage, and I'm like, Jesus, Quentin, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> well, I loved that they start gagging over her feet too. Yeah, flat feet. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It's so exaggerated, yet again, you know, I, are there are there many moments, comedic moments, particularly in this movie that were that go wrong at all? Not really. Every Not comedic many. moment is I I can't think of one. I mean, I I think probably really? the only times that it would happen is maybe with Will Ferrell. Yeah, and only yeah. because it seemed out of place. Yeah, a hundred. I actually agree a hundred percent, and it's so interesting. To have a movie that just does not put a, a, a foot wrong in a comedic sense because it's it's easy just to be like okay that joke landed flat and it's not right, like, like her feet yeah, her feet yeah exactly and just somehow i don't know i feel like they deserve credit even if the movie wasn't good like overall just for all the jokes working it's crazy yeah anyway well it, it it doesn't do that if it's not good you know so That's like actually true you're right <laughs> but uh but I, what I really loved about the gagging part, too, is that when one of the Kens does it, they say, stop it, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> Poor fucking, I mean, it, it seems like actually it's kind of, it would be a, kind of a miserable existence being a Ken here in, in some in some respects. Not yeah. because like you're not you're not like starving to death and dying in the streets. But like, again, do they live anywhere? Where do they go to sleep? <laughs> well, they say that later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exactly so it's just fantastic it's, it's kind of sad and then so they it's tell her she's gonna go she... see weird barbie oh sorry yeah that's okay no i was just gonna say it's it's obviously you know a great way to get across to men hey imagine living in a world where you didn't matter it is it is a great way to show that and how like you know we think they should that i don't say we but you know the point they're making here is men seem to think that women should be existing to 
mm -hmm. think about them, right? Mm -hmm. And here's a world where men exist to think about a woman. Mm -hmm. And look how fucking, you know, hard it is. Yeah, I'd almost hope that some men who wouldn't think about this sort of thing would go, hey, that doesn't seem fair. And you could go, yeah, it yeah. doesn't. <laughs> Take a look around. <laughs> Hopefully someone, I don't know, people don't come to realizations except on their own. But Well, I liked, um, so now she's got to go see Weird Barbie and she's walking mm -hmm. up the steps and she's like, I would never wear heels if my feet were shaped this way. <laughs> yeah, that was also funny. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So then, <laughs> I mean, Kate McKinnon, could there be a better person to play weird Barbie? Not um, particularly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, she's going to talk about Barbie's, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, not standard. What's what's her name? Stereotypical. Yeah. Stereotypical Barbie's Ken here. So Ryan Gosling, he's one good looking protein pop. I'd love to see what kind of nude blob he's packing under those jeans. It's quite the uh, quite the joke to put in. I mean, some kids probably saw this movie, but <laughs> I'm fine with it. It's just, ah, I also like coming from Kate McKinnon, who probably doesn't actually care about Ryan Gosling. Right, exactly. exactly. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure she can appreciate that he's a good-looking man. Hey, who can't? I mean, really, who can't? I mean, just remember that. What's the movie he did with Emma Stone? Yeah, yeah. Uh, crazy Love, crazy, crazy Stupid Love, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah, and I don't mean La La Land, which they were also together, but the one where she's like, he, you, must, you look like you're photoshopped. Yeah, well, like, she, he takes off his shirt, and she, mm -hmm. she's like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's a great line. Yeah. So, yeah, so now, uh, you know, Kate McKinnon's going to tell Barbie, like, weird Barbie's going to tell stereotypical Barbie that she's got to go to the real world. And I love this little bit where she's like, look, you can either go back and just, you know, everything will go back to where it was. And you won't even remember this, or you mm -hmm. can do the adventure. And it's like a Birkenstock versus a heel. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'll, I'll take the heel. I'll go back to that. <laughs> I thought that was good. Um, but, um, but, you know, obviously she has to go and then she's leaving and she's saying goodbye to all the other Barbies. And then uh, Ken stows away in the car. Mm -hmm. and she, she does not like this and his whole thing but what if there's beach you need yeah. a professional you need a professional in beach thank you and then i love when they get to the beach in a minute he's like see um yeah i also, I I also like that ken was stowing away he was hidden it was secret until he just couldn't resist singing yeah <laughs> and, like, then screamed, sing along. and yeah. then screamed in shock when she did yeah um uh, speaking of outtakes, which uh, maybe I should save it for a second, but I also saw an outtake where uh, in a minute when the guy comes up and slaps Barbie's butt and she punches him. Yeah. Where Ryan Gosling's reaction was to scream so, like, <laughs> shrill. I mean, I would call it girlish, but that's kind of kind of stupid given the point of the movie. But he's like, and they had to cut it because, like, it was too loud. It was like, Ryan, <laughs> what is with that's you? That's fantastic. I'll, might be able to find that somewhere but anyway but yeah oh, um i mean i'm already i've got it pulled up so that when we're done here i'm gonna be watching these things nice i'm very upset that i haven't already seen them but i i love the dialogue here when they first make it to the real world the difference between how barbie and ken feel it's like mm -hmm. so perfect you know she starts yeah. feeling self-conscious and he feels admired yep he's like there's no underlying threat of violence yeah there is none. <laughs> Yeah, there's no undertone of violence. There are definitely mm -hmm. violent undertones for me.
Mm -hmm. I do think most men would feel self-conscious and not admired though in this moment, you know, so I, it's, it's a little simplified, but I get it. I'm not mm -hmm. like, I'm not bashing it for that. I just mean like, yeah. you know, men feel self-conscious too. I just, I was sort of surprised that she gets arrested for punching a guy that slapped her ass. That doesn't seem. Yeah. You'd think, you'd think, well, then again, you know, who, who are cops more likely to believe, especially historically? I don't know. I feel like if she was like, he slapped my ass, they'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't believe that. I think cops would believe that. Eh, you might be right. Well, one of, so, you know, now she's, she's got to think, right? Cause they get arrested again for stealing clothes. Um, uh -huh. And the, you know, these cops are just like ogling her both times, mm -hmm. but That's so really badly. Also, like, I was sort of surprised that she's wearing a thong, by the way, for her leotard thing. Yeah, but she's got the bicycle shorts underneath. I know. I'm not saying it. I, I just was like, did they actually have thong back Barbie things? That's a good point. But then again, she's in the real world now. So, like, the magic behind Barbie's existing at all puts her in the appropriate real world attire. Mm. Although, okay. appropriate for what time period, who knows? So yeah, she's, you know, now she's like, she's going to think. <laughs> I hate when people think. I get so bored. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's going to walk around and he's going to discover the thing that men are important, you know, mm -hmm. in this world. But one of, like when he's like mimicking them, mm -hmm. you know, when they're like, not now, Margaret. Uh, did you hear the guys talking? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're officially important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, liked it. So now we're gonna go back to Barbie, and she's gonna have memories, right? She's mm -hmm. gonna see the the teenager and well, the kid. It's a really good vignette. It's yeah. again, it gets me emotional. Had, absolutely, and if you had told me it goes from this level of Ken silliness with him discovering the patriarchy and that they're doing it really well and all this, and it's just so goofy, and then. To go to oh, but then also five seconds later, it's gonna really affect you deeply emotionally, and you're gonna be sad. It's like what the fuck? I wouldn't believe. And that. then it works, and it absolutely works, pitch perfect. I don't know how. I and don't either. I would have been skeptical, not because it's Barbie, even not because it's whatever. It's just this doesn't work usually in movies. But yeah, to go are. from this goofy to this mm -hmm. poignant and sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it doesn't usually work, but I. I mean, kudos to Greta Gerwig. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. This is excellent filmmaking. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm giving away some of the rank here, but really, yeah. I think it's worth saying. And then we get the, you know, the old lady on the bench. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad she kept the scene because it it is really wonderful. Good Lord, yes. I can't believe, when you told me that potent notable, I can't believe that anyone wanted to cut that. And I love her reaction about how I don't know what the movie's about if the scene isn't in it. And 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's seeing age and she's like you, you're you're beautiful and mm. i love that she goes i know <laughs> yeah self-assurance that women aren't allowed to have a lot of the time right um anyway that's great so now we're going to cut to america ferrera we're, we're kind of seeing her for the first time now mm -hmm. um and she's <laughs> making some barbie sketches oh it's because the fbi is called mattel mm -hmm. mattel yeah <laughs> so this guy's coming up there but uh She's irrepressible thoughts of death, Barbie. I can't remember what the second one was, but the last one's crippling shame, Barbie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> not great. Mm -hmm. These are not great toys. Um, um, hey, they could work. No, they you never know. Work. Um, 
I will say this is the one of the very few times the movie kind of loses me with its tone, but I'll explain. I guess it's because it's the Mattel offices and Mattel makes Barbie, but why are the Mattel offices cartoonish? I know, isn't that kind of... I, I, I agree they're with not, you on that. They're not real world at all. This, I mean, it's hilarious, but like... <laughs> Why is this well, like it's a like weird... a it's like a mix of real world, but because they know about the imaginary world, right? So yeah. like, I feel like that's they're aware of it. it. Yeah, that's I feel like that's the explanation. But then you know, this guy trying to get up to the top floor, and then the top, then the the executive meeting, whatever that is, is like it's so ridiculous. Goofy. They're at a heart table, yeah. and did you, I didn't even notice this the first time I watched it. I don't know if you saw it, but the the background, like the windows, mm -hmm. there's mountains and stuff. I actually <laughs> did notice that. And it's I was like, like, oh, like, this is this is this not like, yeah. What is that a matte painting? What's going on here? And <laughs> I'm just not sure. Is all I'm well. I'm willing to be convinced that it's because it's you know they make Barbie, so they're also straddling this real world Barbie world kind of thing. That's how I took it. It was that they were straddling between the real real world and the imaginary world. I right? do feel like it should have leaned more toward real, though. I think so too. We'll get to that, really, but I I, I, really I agree with you. It, it's but it's fun. It works, mm -hmm. but I think it is like the only part where you're kind of like, well, wait, where are like yeah, everybody else is real and patriarchal and everything, mm -hmm. but this feels kind of different. Also, it's fascinating to me that it's an all male boardroom. Like absolutely, <laughs> and I love that he he like says EOD email it to me by EOD and then he leans over is like end of day and they're like oh, oh that's a good one you know <laughs> yeah you ever hear business guys seeming really impressed with their own business shit <laughs> I have definitely said EOD so well I have not and I'm proud of it <laughs> EOD for me by the way is like three I haven't days, said so. it actually I've written it I'll send it to you by EOD yeah you know I don't I don't know I feel like I feel like your computer, whatever program you're using, will fill in end of day if you ask it to. Like, it'll just suggest end of day, and you just have to press arrow right, which I just hit on my keyboard as though people could see me. <laughs> Maybe you can hear it. I heard that one, the one you yeah, just did. Yeah, I have, I have uh, MX Cherry Blues. They're extremely clicky and tactile. Mm. I don't like clicky. I, like I love clicky. I, I would have clickier if I could. I kind of want a buckling spring keyboard, but they're... Uh, Feel like it would annoy people too much. <laughs> Do you think the Mattel office is really like this? I th I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's like a cartoonish like I I don't know some of these some of these parts of it seem almost daunting to me like almost kind of like wow this is intimidating in a weird way yeah like corporate hellscape in like a cartoon form but I I don't know I hope so <laughs> and I hope that I hope that the board is all this stupid. Yeah, I do too. I, well, I, I don't also, but yeah. I, I kind of do. I, I kind of uh, believe that it's the case, if nothing else. Mattel. In fact, I was surprised that Mattel, like... Mattel was all for this, so I feel like they're not that stupid. They know? must they must understand how funny it is, and like, we're not actually like that, so nobody's going to like think we are. And But at least it's surprising, just a corporation, they might be like, no, 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 you have to show us in a better light, you know? I know that's what I was thinking. I was surprised that they were okay with this, but you know what? You know, good on them for not stepping in because they Absolutely. probably could have. Um, so we're gonna cut back to Barbie and Ken again, and she's like, "I just I feel fear with no specific object." Yeah. And then Ken goes, "I feel amazing." <laughs> well, you you and I talked talked earlier about anxiety. 
fear with yeah. no specific object. So <laughs> just generalized fear. Delightful. And then uh, just teenagers are the worst, you know? Sorry to my teenager, but just like, <laughs> why do you have to be so fucking difficult, you know? Because, okay, we're going to see Sasha. And we already saw her in the in the vignette. And she's, like, not letting her mom touch her hair and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, that's so sad. And then she just tells off Barbie for no other reason than to just tell somebody off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. And, you know, she calls Barbie a fascist and makes Barbie cry. And she runs away. And mm-hmm. then, uh, but Ken, meanwhile, is uh, <laughs> trying to get a job. Yes, I'd like a job with an office because I'm a man. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, well, you're going to need this kind of stuff. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you guys aren't doing patriarchy well. And then, mm-hmm. oh, no, we're doing it well. We're just better at hiding it now. Yeah, I love the 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 reversal in this scene because I thought it was going to end at the you guys aren't doing patriarchy well, which kind of, you know, is kind of, I thought it was going to be like, because at that point it's a, uh, yeah, feminism made us not be able to do patriarchy, but um, it's it's they're admitting, you know, no, actually, we just found a way around it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what power systems do. They keep themselves in power. That's exactly right. And thank goodness, you know? Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if there wasn't a dick in charge? I can't imagine at all. Women are too emotional. Yeah. Right. <laughs> unlike unlike men, no collusion. I loved that we cut, we cut back to uh, Barbie and she's like, she thinks I'm a fascist? I don't <laughs> control the railways or the flow of commerce. <laughs> That was really funny. Because how does Barbie know about that? And yet it's really funny. So, you know, they're gonna Mattel's gonna stop and like they're black Chevy Suburbans and pick up Barbie. And Ken's like, should I go do something? And he's like talking to this woman who we talked to earlier when she she asked him the time. And she was just like, okay. You know, (laughs) she was funny. But um after he says this whole spiel and he goes, she's you know, with her daughter or whatever kid and she's like okay let's go that way <laughs> it was in the opposite way of ken oh she know? was hilarious i thought she was really funny just this little throwaway joke that just absolutely works and is hilarious i love it i also really enjoyed when she gets to the boardroom and they're trying to get her in into the box right mm-hmm. and she's like oh well, we should get ken first and they're like who <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah says who that's just okay like, oh yeah we don't worry about ken <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ken isn't something we're worried about ever. I like that. I love this prop box that they came up with, by the way. I know. <laughs> it's ridiculously fun. And like also slightly menacing. Yeah, exactly. Particularly with the, the human size twist tie things that'll keep our arms down. I was like, damn, this is getting kind of dark. Kind of like, like Saw. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that. You know, she's like, so where's who's the CEO? Where, where are all the women, basically, mm-hmm. right? And he's like, hey, women are the foundation of this very long phallic building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, so she runs away, right? She gets away, and uh, and they've, they're so bumbling and stupid, they don't realize, oh, she must have really had to go. Yeah. Wait, get that Barbie. Yeah. Don't you dare push that button. Let, button. let me push it. I I just this thought that a, was great. This is, this is a real Keystone Cops kind of moment for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though i really liked the way she did the chase scene with the cubicles mm-hmm. like very the very cartoony like the way they're running even is is mm-hmm. like cartoon it's like it's like a musical number you yep. know they reminded me of scooby-doo for a bit when they're running back and forth will ferrell continues to be hilarious the thing with will ferrell is he's just a funny guy mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I don't like, know. I don't know how this worked, but it seems like anytime you just turn on a camera and let him riff, something works. So she she gets away. She ends up uh, with with Ruth, right? We don't know it's Ruth yet, but that's where she ends up, and um, she realizes that it's the the mom's memories. Or no, I don't think we realize that yet. Sorry, mm-hmm. she's she sees Ruth and. Ruth is going to tell her how to get out. She gets out, and then, you know, America Ferreira, she's going to end up like showing up and be like, get in. And this is when we realize it's the mom's memories and not Sasha's, not the kids. Mm-hmm. And and then we go through the vignette again, and I'm like, well, fuck, it already made me sad. Now it's making me even more sad. Absolutely. The fact when you find out, like, you know, it's, I don't know. I have nothing to say because it's sad. So, well, it's like the exact same scenes over again. You just pulled the camera back a little bit further, and yet it works. Mm-hmm. I, it's okay. I have to ask you, what is shining? She's like, are you shining, Barbie? What, yeah, what I'm not that? sure actually. Well, let's look it up. It says to deceive one or to tell one a lie, especially in order to deflect or avoid responsibility for something. That doesn't sound right. That is what she says, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I remember. As her mom, she and Barbie are shining right now. A reference to the mystical ability to establish a telepathic connection. In the oh, Stephen like The Shining. Like The Shining, yeah. How about that? I was going to make a joke about it being like The Shining, but that's what they meant. <laughs> okay, I've never heard that term before, have you? No, I don't think so. Greta was trying to make it a thing. Um, <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's fun that the movie about Barbie is, at the very least, if nothing else, so far referencing 2001 and freaking The Shining. Two Stanley oh, Kubrick that's films. true. She was. I remember her saying something about uh, that she she viewed Kubrick as a as an influence for this movie. So there you go. I guess yeah. that's what was people happening. Yeah, people don't think about Kubrick uh, appealing to women. I don't think, but that's just stupid. You know, being like eh, women don't like Kubrick. Women like rom coms or whatever. Which, which you know, rom coms are good. But... I like rom coms. They appeal to me. Same. I love a bumbling Hugh Grant. You know, oh, my, yeah, well, yeah, Notting Hill era, Hugh Grant. Yes, exactly. Sure. Notting Hill is a perfect example, actually. I like Two Weeks Notice, even with Sandra Bullock. Well, the real world is forever and irrevocably messed up, according mm, to Barbie. Well, kind of. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so America Ferrera is like, I got to lose these people, right? And she, so she, she starts kind of driving like she's in the Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. And Sasha in the back goes, <laughs> where'd you learn to drive like this? And she goes, there was this guy. And she's like, mm-hmm. was it dad? Yeah. Yeah, it was dad. <laughs> I loved that. That was so well done. Mm-hmm. And, and then they cut to the dad. And he's just trying to do Duolingo. Because he's like, what about dad? You know, when they're going to mm-hmm. go to Barbie land. And she's like, oh, he'll be fine. Mm, you know, trying to do Spanish on Duolingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt very accurate. Mm-hmm. of men to just be like oh, I'm doing my own thing don't really care about what's happening and then feeling really proud of yourself when you get the one little thing right I don't know no absolutely and they you know he has nothing to do with it so you know <laughs> so Will Ferrell and the other executives are coming up and they're like hey did you see you know these three ladies coming through here and like yeah they were rollerblading he's like oh the first step is always rollerblading yeah that's fun like they know all about this, you know? <laughs> exactly. I think it's really kind of hilarious. And he's like, well, if they go there, there's no telling what could happen to the real world. And then this guy goes, a podcast from Wise Trees? 
a choir of 2,000 young dads? Like, what? Why are you guessing? <laughs> it's even, I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> now Will Ferrell's going to be like, okay, we got to go in there and we got to get my words lady back. <laughs> my words lady. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I, I kind of wondered if some of this was a bit too much. Um, but I don't know. It worked for me. It worked for me this time, at the very least. I don't know if watching it in the theater, I was like, is this a little bit too much? Is this becoming just like a Will Ferrell riff movie? But um, it's not, it's not, they don't, they don't go too overboard with this occurring. It's just there. Right. Well, he does, he's not the focus, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's how it should be. But he is, I mean, he's just such a funny guy, you know? Yeah, it's the thing. It's hard not to have fun, you know? Yeah. Like even, even if you did think it's perhaps a bit much. Which I kind of a little tiny bit did, but I was like, "It's also fun, though." Like those yeah. damn guesses that guy had. I, mean, I know that's not Will Ferrell. It's just like, okay, this is this. This is why this movie is kind of a hard one to rank because you're like, if you're looking at it critically, then you're like, "Well, like, okay, this is kind of too much." But like, if you're just watching the movie, it's not. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost it almost kind of does it a disservice to be nominated for best picture. Not yep. really, you know, but you know what I mean. It's just yeah. I don't know that that's what it was supposed to be anyway. So, you know, she's Barbie is telling um, Sasha and Sasha's mom. What is her name, by the way? So, uh, America Ferrera's character. I know it's America. Yeah, her character. Exactly. I uh, don't remember. That's very <laughs> stupid of me, but I just thought I don't remember America either. Player. I don't. Yeah, exactly. Me too. So anyway, um, so she's telling them all about how Barbie land is run by women, blah, blah, blah. And then they get there and it's, it's, oh, it's mm. all Ken, which it's, is, is a, it's, it's a big patriarchy. Moment. Yeah. And, and those two are like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't just get to the place that was run by women. They never, they'll never get to see what it was, but this is where the question is asked. Like, well, where did Ken's sleep? She's like, I don't know. Um, never, never even occurred to her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they're going to, you know, see the Barbies basically being maids. To, uh, it's like mm-hmm. the president is giving a brewski beer and mm-hmm. the Supreme Court are cheerleaders. And so she's going to go to the dream houses and one of them, I, one of the Nobel laureates, whichever one, I think it's the physics one, is uh, giving a beer to a Ken. Mm-hmm. She's like, I like being a helpful decoration. <laughs> I just, man. That's like such a great line, mm-hmm. and you know, I, 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 I would think that this is kind of like a, a, a frivolous, silly version of the patriarchy. Like, but I don't know. It kind of does reflect the way that these guys want the actual world to work. Um, a little bit, but, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a parody, but yeah. it's, you it's know, not that, it's, 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 it's less far, far off, off than you might think. Yeah, yeah. and like because they really kind of do just want to sit around and, and like just flex power over people look at these rich fucks and like how much of their day is just flexing and not like because they act like they do so much fucking work well they did to get there probably the ones that are self-made but then now they don't know what to do with themselves so they just yeah. like i have power yeah so they exercise power by sitting in saunas and drinking whatever and walking around doing nothing important yeah just just having power over people but anyway that's I guess my issues that I didn't realize I totally had. <laughs> well, Ryan Gosling's Ken is going to come over and, you know, he's going to open the door to the truck <laughs> and then just walk in and go over the top of it and stand on the hood. Mm-hmm. Just thought that was really funny. So he's, you know, 
he's he's taken over Barbie's house and he basically kicks her out and he's like every night is boys' night, which uh, yeah, you know then when you think about it in those terms, like how he, he's he's feeling wronged, you know, mm-hmm. kind of get like why there's such a dramatic overcorrection here, you mm-hmm. know. I kind of do too, actually, and I think that's what some I don't know. There were conservative reactions to this that were shitty because, of course, there fucking were. Um, <laughs> but like, actually, this movie is not like anti-men at all. In the, the slightest, no, sense. I think they do a lot of like they do a lot of credit to Ken here. I think, yeah, yeah, and like even these shitty things he's doing, I feel like the movie understands why he is is is, is yeah. To do that. He feels like spurned and hurt. Yeah, um, and it's just so ridiculous because this is not like a like a subtle point exactly it's it's a large point of the movie and somehow people still fucking missed it that like this movie is like it's anti-patriarchy in the sense that it's anti-anybody having you know control over other people need like uh you know without having it's simply pointing out the idea that if it was like this with women Mm -hmm. you know you wouldn't be happy about it yep that's all it is it's all it's saying you got there way better than I did. Thank you for <laughs> jumping in there. Um, yeah. And this is like just exactly pointing that out. Like, you know, the every night is boys night thing is, you know, it's just a, it's an overcorrection. But right. Just like, you know, Barbie land looks like an mm-hmm. overcorrection. Mm-hmm. When you first yeah. come to it. So exactly. There you go. You're I'm just going to let you talk from now on. You're getting there. <laughs> You're doing better than me. Let's move on. So. Ryan Gosling is going to start throwing Barbie's clothes out of her house mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can tell, but Sasha is like breaking. Oh, yeah. Actress, yeah she's not keeping a straight face at all. I don't that know. They that. must never have gotten a good take of it. Of him just being <laughs> like naming the items that he's throwing out. <laughs> They're like, this is our best take. By the way, uh, Gloria is America Ferreira's character's name. Ah, thank you. You are welcome. I looked it up. And Sasha is played by Ariana Greenblatt. Yes. So we. <laughs> We knew one actor's name and one character's name, but not, <laughs> not both for both. So n- now uh, Weird Barbie is going to show up, and uh, you know, stereotypical Barbie is going to look up at her and be like, "I'm like you now, ugly and unwanted." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kate McKinnon goes, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. It's, um, it's a great. It's a great example of getting you know a, a sense of self fulfillment from yourself and not other people's. You know, right? Exactly. Like, fine, I'll take that as a compliment because I'm happy. Well, she's—I guess she's happy. I don't know—is she happy? Weird Barbie. I feel like <laughs> no, she's happy. I—I I mean, I took it as like a like. Okay, that's mm-hmm. not the nicest thing to say, but sure. Yeah. So you know, America Ferrera and her, sorry, Gloria and uh, Sasha are gonna leave, and mm-hmm. Alan actually stows away with them. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well. Um... <laughs> Alan giving foot massages to people. No, I really don't like that. Yeah, I really don't like that. Can we get more Michael? Can I petition the world for more Michael Sarah comedy? He is so great. He hasn't done anything in a bit like that I've really noticed. I know he has kids and everything now, so I think he might be focusing on family a bit more. But um, good lord, do I miss his delivery of things? He is really funny. The way he, he does fucking mouth is so good. Yeah. I uh, recently rewatched all of Arrested Development. Um, really? Oh, that's such a great show. 
the point is, is that Jesus fucking Christ, every other episode, there was some Michael Sarah fucking line that just the line itself is okay, but the way he delivers it is like just it's some of the best face face facial acting that I've ever seen is him too. Like when he's describing the mayonnaise that Anne eats, and it's just I you should just fucking look at the gif. I just, I watch it all day. Anyway, I love I love Michael Sarah. <laughs> well, so, I was yeah, I mean he can make so he can make a like not even a joke line funny because of his acting the way he you know he uses his facial expressions and his body to uh to produce comedy so i can't remember chronologically if we go back to the weird barbie's house or if we're having the fight with alan and the kens mm-hmm. first i can't remember which one comes first but i'm going to talk about when they when they go to weird barbie's house because they have much of discontinued barbies and kens there um sugar daddy ken is mm-hmm. just my favorite is this did we skip i'm sorry just a, a, a joke speaking of michael Sarah jokes that he delivers and i think it's just before this okay um, where the kens are building a wall to keep everybody in yeah once they learn to do it that's what i was saying i wasn't sure which which yeah i'm not sure either but i fucking that, that i was like i was like guffawing in the theater and i think it bothered people <laughs> that, that made me laugh so much i'm not even sure why they learned to build build it wide as well as tall where yeah <laughs> We're in trouble. Nobody will get in or out. So I fucking love that. Um, Earring Magic Ken as it holds a high place of esteem in my household because um, how did how did Mattel not realize they were releasing Gay Ken? Um, (laughs) Complete with cock ring, like okay. And then Sugar Daddy Ken, indeed. um, Well, no, this is Sugar, and I'm her daddy. And it's like that's exactly how they marketed it. And I was just like, I, I just it's it's so hilarious to me. I, I love them like see again this is great that um mattel was good with this you know what i mean because they're pointing out this is fucking ridiculous and mattel's yeah. like i know it's kind of ridiculous i know <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and make fun of it because yes and um what's his name uh rob from what i lie to you he plays sugar daddy ken there and i just enjoyed seeing him i can't remember his last name rob Riggle? rob no, no, no. Um, Ro- Young, Robert Young, Robert Mitchum, Rob Bryden, Rob Reiner, uh, Rob Bryden. He's a an Rob English comedian. Yes, Rob Reiner. <laughs> he he does he hosts a, a very funny British TV show called What I Like You, and uh, he does a lot of impressions. He's he's famous. Him and Steve Coogan have battling Michael Caine impressions that they do. Oh, you've told me about that. I think I watched the Michael Caine battle that. Uh, you sent it to me or something. Anyway, oh um, yeah, but I I love seeing him as Sugar Daddy Ken and him explaining that he's this is sugar and he's I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, you know when I worked at a uh, retail, the last retail store I worked with, there were some young women who worked there, and this is going to go in a different direction than people might think. That you know, eighteen, nineteen, that kind of, and like they made jokes all the time about their sugar daddies, and I remember yeah. thinking, yes, oh, this is a funny joke to make. Whatever, I didn't say anything. But then, like a couple of them, it seemed like they actually had them. And I was like, this is, I shouldn't be upset, but like, it's just weird. Anyway, this is funny. Yeah. <laughs> that is weird. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, let's keep going. So, we're at Bar- Weird Barbie's house and we have that pooping dog. I can't believe is a real thing. I know. <laughs> In all honesty. It's crazy. Um, Who else they had either? Well, either you're brainwashed or you're ugly and weird. <laughs> Preach. I mean, both for me. Yeah. Um, I'm brainwashed, but that doesn't preclude me from being ugly and weird. 
But I, I thought that was a really good line, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, stereotypical Barbie's talking about how ugly she is and everything. But Helen Mirren goes, mm -hmm. nope to the filmmakers. Margot <laughs> Robbie is the wrong person to cast if you want to make this point. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. I love the third wall break, or fourth wall breaking. And, um, but yeah, I love this point that even Margot Robbie can feel ugly. With, yeah. You know, what must it be like? I often wonder what it's like to be attractive. <laughs> <That's so laughs> but what must it be like for like people in general to consider? I don't think most people know that they're attractive. And the ones that do know that they're attractive usually become unattractive. I feel like Margot Robbie must know. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I'm sure there are times when she feels attractive and when oh, absolutely. she feels unattractive, you know? What I'm what I'm really asking is what what must it be like to to have tell things you, go yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. And like whether or not you feel it, like people tell you that you might even think they're lying or something. But like, did you ever watch 30 Rock? Um, I've seen like three episodes. So I'm going to go. Well, there. there's an episode in it. Tina Fey is dating John Hamm. Mm -hmm. There's this one scene where he's like, yeah, um, you know, I make a really good whatever, right? Like cooking. She's like, oh, great. And um, so he makes it and she's like, what? This isn't very good. Sort of mm -hmm. like uh, actually the mini project. And he's like, oh, she's like, what sauce did you use? He's like, oh, I just heat up some Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she realizes that he's living in a bubble. Mm -hmm. And so he's just so attractive that people just think that everything he does is great. Mm -hmm. And like they show, uh, <laughs> she has this little bit where they're in a, in a restaurant and he's ordering off menu. Mm -hmm. And they're fine with it. And she's like, just cover up your face for a second. And the waitress mm -hmm. comes back and she's like, actually, and then she tries to order off, off menu. And the woman's like, shut the fuck up, bitch. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, this is what I mean. Um, yeah. I feel like people have to know sometimes. but And, you know, attractive people do, they get higher salaries and they're liked better and considered more honest. So It's true. Also, tall men. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> it's not, but not like a, you know, it's like between six foot and six, six. Yeah. It doesn't increase as you get taller. Right. Right. <laughs> but six foot to six, six, you tend to do better. People see you as more intelligent and more, mm -hmm. uh, more wise. And I really think it has something to do with what you said, how looking up like increases the endorphins. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you, you just think that people are better when you have to look up at them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, I that's love another this. Thing. That's another thing. I always wonder what it's like to be looking be at tall. people's heads all the time. Yeah. 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 Like you get sick of the tops. You go, oh, I've got a bold spot. I wonder if I should tell them. Bob Webbs, like you walk through a room and you're like, yo, short people, you need to do a better job on your ceiling maintenance. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry. I'm shouting because they're so tall. Right. Oh, I got it. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Never hear that. <laughs> I love this speech that America Ferrera gives to Barbie, by the way. Oh, it's great. It's like I wanted to applaud in the theater. I didn't, but yeah. I wanted to. Me too. I remember seeing the theater. I was like, this is amazing. This is so well yeah. done. But so they they the speech ends up snapping one of the uh, Barbies out of it, right? Mm -hmm. The I think it's the, the Nobel Prize for Literature one. Mm -hmm. And she goes, it's like I was in a dream where I was really obsessed with the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> Such a great fucking line. I, I was like, I think that when I did just fucking just just laugh my fucking ass off and not care if people were like looking at me. I was like, that is the fucking funniest joke I've ever heard in my fucking life. <laughs> and the the idea that a filmmaker made that 
joke in their movie. It just uh, uh, and it's man, not even the same. I laughed whatever. so loud in the theater when I exactly heard that. And Sarah's like, "What's that?" Which just made it even better. You know, yep. she's like, "What's the Zack Snyder cut?" And I'm like, "Exactly." <laughs> you, know that, you, know that, you know what that exactly reminds me of is in knocked up when they're making doc brown references and she's like what's doc who's doc brown yeah exactly and he's like you don't know doc brown <laughs> let's get by my delorean and gun it to 88 yep um i don't need a time machine this is my time machine <laughs> um but yeah no that was oh my god i can't even anyway it's a great speech then we get that amazing line and then they're gonna like okay so you have to act helpless right um mm -hmm. for the and then they'll get distracted and we'll turn another one and eventually we'll turn them all mm -hmm. um i think one of they're all excellent right but one of my favorite ones was are you watching the the go the what i can't remember she said it weirdly like the godfather you mm -hmm. know and she's like i've never seen it. he's like you've never seen it mm -hmm. do you think you could start the movie over and just talk through the whole thing <laughs> Oh good lord. Um and it's funny because that's the Godfather is great, but you know. <laughs> it is a great movie. I you know, it's not one of those ones for me where I'm like you have to watch this to like my wife or anything. Mm -hmm. Um there are movies that like this you could just replace the Godfather with other very male centric oh, movies and you know, it works. Um but yeah, the whole here let me show you. Here let me show you pretend to be really bad at sports and stuff. I mean, it was just so well done. Mm -hmm. And so now the final one is uh, they have to go to Ryan Gosling's Ken and mm -hmm. Margo, you know, Margo has got to do that. And she's like, I want to be your, you know, somewhat committed long distance mm -hmm. girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. And that's where he says sublime. Mm -hmm. But also it's where we learned that Kendom land is the, it's, it's not Ken land. It's Kendom, Kendom land. In land of the free and the men. <laughs> hey, that's the United States. <laughs> um, and then he's like, "Yeah, you can come in. I'll play the guitar at you. I'll play the guitar <laughs> I at you." I kind of wonder if any of this stuff specifically comes from any of the female filmmakers' experiences in life. Just oh, for sure. It's like so. This is this is the difference between men writing women and even writing women well. And just like no, I have the because when you when you are a a fab as it were, you have the world treats you a certain way, and it's hard to it's hard to like absorb that completely. Right. And what's a fab? Uh, assigned female at birth. Ah, gotcha. Okay. And AMAB is the other one. Um, that's a polite way, to my knowledge, it's a polite way of, you know, just mentioning that they are biologically female or. That's good were. to know. I had no, I had never heard it before. So I'll, uh, I'll start. Um, yeah, because, because fuckheads are like, well, you have to tell, you know, for medical reasons, you need to have gender and everything else. And it's like, yeah, everybody fucking knows that. And everybody, when they go to the doctor, I've never met a single person who will not say, you know, that they were assigned whatever at birth. And that's, if you need to know about my insides because you're a doctor <laughs> but you know who doesn't need to know about your insides every random fucking person you meet on the street anyway well i feel like um, people need to know about my genitals well just, just i feel like that's them. a very male male thing you know it's like, a very male thing you need to know about my dick check this out um <laughs> i don't want to check this out but hey so last night i was listening to a song um it was written by an artist named laura nairo doesn't matter she wrote some some famous soul songs you might recognize and uh, this song is called Jimmy Mac. There is another famous version by I don't know who. 
And the song is um, her, you know, why don't you come back, Jimmy Mac? Why don't you coming back? Because she misses him. And I'm like, oh, she misses him. But then when I realize you listen to the song a little bit, and she, the lyrics are, this guy is bothering me, won't leave me alone, calls me all times of the day, and I need you here so he can stop bothering me. Oh. And I was like, okay, well, that took a turn. Because <laughs> it sounded like it was just, I miss you, Jimmy Mac. And I feel like if a man had written the song, it would be, I miss you, Jimmy Mac. And she's actually expressing something that happens to women, which is, this guy's fucking, you know, like, trying to, like, stalk me. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just what it reminded me of. No, that's, a, that's good. I love that it's Push, by the way, is the male song. Oh, I know. I want to push you around. Um, it's, it's kind of an excellent choice. I think I also wrote just a little uh, potent notable here. Um, they asked Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 for permission to use the song. And he assumed that they were going to make fun of it. Like, because he's kind of aware that Matchbox 20 is a little something you kind of make fun of a little bit. And um, he was like, yeah, sure. People always make fun of it. And then they were like, well, we're going to use it like to show like that this is like a shitty male perspective. And he's like, that's why I wrote it. Thank you. <laughs> I wrote it to be like, like this guy's shitty. Yeah. Nobody ever picks up on it. And um, I love that this is how they start tearing the Kens apart. You know? Yeah. It's, oh, it's so well done. And it's so like female, cerebral, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Because men just like, well, I'll just beat you up. Right. Yeah. And women, they play the long game. They they mm -hmm. know how to they know how to manipulate. They do, and I love I love this song. Did you write it? And Simulu's like, yes, yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then Ryan Gosling looks over like angry. <laughs> you wonder how they heard this song in the first place, but that's fine. Um, but do you want to sit here and watch me play it while I stare awkwardly into your eyes for four and a half minutes? Yeah. Another good one. It's just like this is like awesome line after awesome line. I know, fantastically done. I this closing number of the the Ken fight mm -hmm. is just excellent. It it's like one of my favorite bits of filmmaking in recent memory that I can think of. It reminds me of um in singing in the rain at their final musical number. I've never seen it. And we'll get to it because I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, yeah. And I kind of I kind of want us to do musicals at some point. Um, but obviously we're already overwhelmed. But um, at the end of that movie, that movie, all of the... It's a regular musical in that they're dididactic and everything. Like, whatever that... Whatever, I said that wrong. But, um, you know, they're just singing and dancing. And yeah. They're done singing and dancing. This, they're talking about like, oh, and we'll have... We'll, we'll end our real movie that we're making in the movie with this musical number and it like goes off into fantasy land. And it's a lot like that actually, where it's like kind of green screen, except not because it's just like a huge white background set and mm -hmm. it's really fantastical. And like, it's taking place entirely in the imagination. And that's just what I was thinking of this entire time, because was it pink, the background that these guys were all dancing no, it was on? blue. It was blue. It was blue. Right. Oh, right, right, right. And they're all wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this musical number, I just, it's, isn't it amazing? It's so great. I, I already called it great. It was, it was, yeah, I already said, so I'm not going <laughs> to repeat what I'm saying. Well, so they're, you know, they're fighting and they're, you know, they're beach offing and, <laughs> and, uh, and the, by the way, some, some great dancing, but not too good. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's a lot of decent dancing, but they're also not like professional dancers. <laughs> they're just people. Well, and then you get uh, all the executives are walking through this and executive number two there. Get mm -hmm. shot. 
Oh, poor guy. <laughs> it's so bizarre. He's like, do they have real weapons here? And then, of course, he's like, no, they don't. And it's like, but he just got shot. <laughs> and then you see him later, and he's in like a cast and a sling. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was funny. I love um, that he's not. I love that he's not dead, though. So yeah, now Kent, they realize they've uh, either they've missed the vote, right? Because mm-hmm. that was the whole plan here is that uh, they were going to distract him so they could vote. And then they get back to the dream houses, and he's like, "Do these houses look dreamier to you? And like, mm-hmm. what'd you do with my mojo dojo casa casa house or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And Issa Rae goes, "That's because they're dream houses, motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. And then Ken starts to cry and runs into the house, and they cut over to Alan, who's like near tears. I mean, it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes up there and she's like, it's okay, you can cry. And he's like, I'm a libera- liberated man. I know crying's not weak. I liked that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyway, so he starts feeling better. And, you know, and- well, I mean, here's just another like, how did you miss the fact that, that it's also it's validating Ken and saying that, yeah, this was kind of lame and let's make things better for everyone. Not yeah. You d- like, so it's good. I don't know how you miss the the idea. What they're showing here is that when it starts out, they don't need the man to feel whole, right? Mm-hmm. They're just happy to be themselves. They're they're self satisfied, mm-hmm. and then we get to have the realization for the men that they don't need a woman to feel whole. They don't mm-hmm. need this other person. They get to they can they can be self satisfied as well. That's yeah. the whole point. Because men absolutely feel that way too. You know, they're defined by their jobs and their conquests and their and their who likes them and everything like that. And that's also harmful. Like how right. I don't I'm not really I don't understand either. Anyway. So anyway, Ken gets gets his realization moment, which and it was really nice. And then Will Ferrell's gonna show up again. He says to Issa Rae, like, yeah, I'm Mattel or whatever. And mm-hmm. and she calls him Mr. Mattel and he goes, You can call me mother. And she's like, No. <laughs> I also like him being startled by Midge. Oh, I know. <laughs> that was great. Oh, I thought, God. I thought we discontinued you. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's so fun. And I don't know. Moving on. Well, so now, uh, you know, Sasha is going to convince Gloria here to tell mother um, the idea she has. And she says, you know, what about ordinary Barbie? Which I get mm. where she's coming from here. Um, you know, I like it seemed like a very ill-defined idea. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but uh I, I I liked the premise. And then um that's a terrible idea. That's going to make money. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we now uh Barbie's gonna leave, and um, you know, everybody's leaving basically, and and then they're waving and stuff, and uh, it cuts over to to Ryan Gosling's Ken. And we get our first view of I am Knuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I loved. Got, he's just got a hoodie out of nowhere, <laughs> right? That <laughs> says I am Knuff on it. So now Barbie's gonna go with Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie, and they're gonna have mm-hmm. a discussion. And I think one of the best lines of any movie, you know, like one mm-hmm. of the best lines in any movie in cinematic history, in my opinion. And maybe that's maybe that's going too far, but I just absolutely love this. We mothers stand still so our daughters can look back to see how far they've come. 
Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's beautiful. It's again, how do they go between such silliness and comedy and such heart wrenching emotion just perfectly? It's. Well, I suppose we. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave the rest of my praise or dissatisfaction if I hated it. Together, um, for the ring. So the end is Barbie becomes a human and she's going to see a gynecologist. Which mm-hmm. I'm here to see my gynecologist at the end. Yeah. Yep. And then the movie ends. <laughs> that's the end. So that's the whole movie. We can go on to the rank now. A rank. So the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories, story, acting, originality, film coherence, cinematography, score slash soundtrack, script structure and dialogue, character relatability, production value, and timelessness. Uh, We're ranking it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the worst, 10 being the best. And um, the first category is story, and I'll start. I gave story a a 9.5. Okay. I actually think this story is kind of great. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've got Barbie land where all the Barbie dolls of all different types get played with and somehow the real world and Barbie world get intertwined. I mean, it's just incredibly inventive and creative and a really entertaining way to show feminist values. Mm-hmm. I just, it's amazing. What do you have? I gave it a nine. Um, I think that this is absolutely basically the best way you could do a Barbie. Like, like this is like if there are multiple, um, multiple realities where there is a Barbie movie this is the absolute best one for this for this premise and the story is really perfect for what it is and um I, I feel like it falters a couple of times yeah just seeming a little aimless um and not being a hundred like the, the, I didn't feel a narrative drive at certain points and also like things seem to happen at odd times like she's running away from Mattel that's like early in the movie for me um and we get like a lot of the patriarchy where so the so the um the the uh i guess final showdown i guess the, the, the <laughs> right. emotional the emotional resolution of it is very drawn out and but um it's not really bad at all like none of that is really that big a deal just yeah so i know what you're yeah, saying yeah, nine i'm like justifying it being low for it's, it's a nine it's just that you're a half a point lower than me, so you feel like you need to explain why. Yeah, yeah, like nine is so horrible. Well, nine is great. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's go to acting. That's the next category. What do you have for that? So I'm going to keep you in suspense. and don't think you love when I do that, but I'm going to because here, do I give it a 10 because it's the absolute best performances oh, you could want? I had the movie. exact same struggle here, so I'm with you. <laughs> or do I give it slightly lower because this is... Because they are purposefully broad in a lot of ways and purposefully silly. And I, I well, let me tell you what I wrote. Okay. <laughs> All right. We won't tell each other our scores. I'll just tell you what okay. I wrote down. Okay. So it was, you're right. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So this is tough because the characters are over the top ridiculous, mm-hmm. but it's played so perfectly that it has to be great acting, right? Mm-hmm. The tough part mm-hmm. about stuff like this is that, like, Will Ferrell is the example mm-hmm. I'm going to use, is just being Will Ferrell, right? Mm-hmm. It's still fantastic, but is it yeah. really great acting? Yeah. So um, I couldn't go perfect on it. Same. But a- absolutely same. I I, I went 9.75. Uh, I went 9.25. So. Oh, I might lower mine to 9.5 because I really went back and forth. Um, I might. Let me let me talk it out for a second. Yeah, okay. You. Um, like you said, uh, you know, the performances were just what they wanted and everything, but, you know, some of the supporting performances were just 
perfectly good, but not like blow you away great. And I mean, did they have a chance to be blow you away great? Not necessarily. Did you know Easter Ray, like you said, and and uh, the other Barbies, but they didn't really have much screen time. Not a lot of, not a lot of lines. So you kind of can't blame them for just giving very good, perfectly you know adequate performance. Not perfectly adequate sounds worse, but yeah. just what you want performances. Um, and yet the leads were were fantastic. I mean, Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. If there was a uh, God, if there was a uh, acting this year is is very high is the thing yeah and it's, it's gonna be a tough year it's gonna be tough and i'm this sitting is a thinking, really great year of movies by the way i feel I, like it, I, I think so too i don't know if it's just that i've seen more this year than i usually see but they, i've seen so many movies where i'm like jesus christ these are all really good and is this is this the same level good this has been. i know and is this the same level as the as the leads in oppenheimer and killers of the flower moon or am i just you know those are dramatic performances i don't know but so, what's harder? Yeah. Oh, comedy. You know, it seems like it should be harder. Comedy right? is harder, right? Especially if you have to do comedy mixed with emotional weight. I mean, Margot Robbie, if she doesn't get oh. a nomination for best actress, I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I've already talked about how I how I favor Lily Gladstone for best actress this year, but um I mean I'm not saying that Mar Margot should win, but she yeah. should definitely be fucking nominated. If she's not nominated, it's a it's a disgrace and they should resign. Yeah, <laughs> the Oscars should resign from themselves. Not no single person should resign from the Oscars. The and Oscars I don't disagree with you about Lily Gladstone either. Oh no, yeah, that. exactly. So and that's uh, you know we're just not even mentioning Emily Blunt and all these other people. But yeah. um, right? Yes, the nine. That's a good point. Anyway. Nine point seven. Exactly nine point seven five for me because the leads are basically ten, if not right. But like, and then just everything else is just purposefully broad, but not. Not as if everybody was examined quite as in depth character wise, then it would probably be an insufferable movie. But <laughs> right. but nine point seven five. That's I'll I'll stop there. Listen to what you have to say. Well, I already. I mean, I said my part. Uh, yeah, I, nine point two five. Yeah, nine point two five. And I, you know, I'm I, I'm with you on that. It's a tough category for this. Mm -hmm. I just think you know, for me, it's it's Will Ferrell and the executives that bring the score down, and yeah. not because they were bad. They're mm -hmm. really good. I just, you know, to me, it's just. Also, I kind of felt like America Ferrera was just playing America Ferrera, a little bit, a little bit. So, the girl, which was also good, was not bad. Yeah. yeah, Sasha was good. I thought she was good. Anyway, all right, so let's go to originality here, which is the next category. Uh, I gave originality a ten. Yeah, yeah. I was actively trying to find a reason not to give this category a ten because mm -hmm. I'm like, it's about a child's doll, you know? Yeah, yeah. How can I give this a 10? But this movie is so inventive and fun and goofy and eccentric. Uh -huh. I don't think there's ever been anything like it. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't deserve a 10 for originality, I don't know what does. Yeah, you said it all. What about you? Um, 10 for me, too. And like, you know, you just said, that has there ever been a movie like this? And probably not. You know, Right, right, exactly. Maybe, maybe you could come up with a couple. But this is, if you want to see, like, dramatic historical facts and great performances and deep you know drama stuff you can watch Oppenheimer you can watch Killers of Flower Moon you can watch 30 other things mm -hmm. if you want what Barbie's given you kind of need to go with Barbie right not 30 other things is a conservative estimate you can watch 100 <laughs> other things yeah no um well so let's go to the next category which is film coherence so what do you have for that I gave film coherence an eight and a half um this is sort of my problem with the with what we were talking about story it just felt slightly disjointed at times and needed more narrative thrust i felt needed a more present 
problem that they were solving because first it's it's the uh it's the she's thinking about death all the time and everything and i'm like okay so there's the main motivation right the whole reason the plot is spinning and then that's kind of kind of stops being the motivation halfway through which is fine um but i do feel like it maybe could have been a tiny bit more cohesive I'm I, I'm so glad you went first on this because I had a really hard time with this one because I'm mm -hmm. I was like what's well, an extremely well constructed movie mm -hmm. you know it really doesn't have any wasted moments in it necessarily when it and when it ends you want to see more mm -hmm. right so and and not by the way not in a way that like you feel like you've missed like it's missing something mm -hmm. it's just that you've enjoyed the story enough that you wish it would just keep going yeah um and I was but I I'm like was thinking about it, I'm like, but there's just like these elements of it that feel off a bit. I could, I just couldn't put my finger on it. I felt like they were minor, but I just was like, what, what is it? And you mm -hmm. really kind of spelled it out for me. So I actually had a 9.85 mm -hmm. and um, I am going to change that to a 9.25. Cause like, okay. that's exactly what I was feeling. I was like, this, it just is something that's just not quite right. And it's, you're right. It's, it's that we start out with this and they do, bring it together at the end like oh you helped them. but they but there's no focus on it at all after mm -hmm. that yeah so anyway um all right so 9.25 for me so let's go to the next category which is cinematography uh i am going to be really curious to see what you say because mm -hmm. i think that i'm not sure about my score i gave it a seven and a half okay because <clears throat> i think it's good but I think they did, and I think they did some fun things. But I, we didn't. I don't think we broke any new ground in cinematography here, which is totally fine. By the way, not every movie needs to like break new ground. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about okay. So we saw The Revenant and Oppenheimer and Mad mm -hmm. Max Fury Road. I just don't know how you could put it on the same level as those. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I'm, but I really want to hear what you're going to say. So what do you have? Well, I went a lot higher. I went with nine. Um... I thought you might and i was that's why i was curious to hear what you would say yeah i felt like everything was framed and uh and presented perfectly particularly the comedy bits um you kind of can't film comedy better than they did here just to allow the comedy to be front and center but also to you know have humorous uh, you know uh, uh, shot compositions and that work and that facilitate humor and the the dance scene was really good was really well filmed and partly i think i'm giving it a high score because of how much i like the way that they made the world look feel so fake but so real um and then they filmed it really well so yeah i'm with you i'm, I'm moving mine up to an 8.25 so all right let's go to the next category which is score slash soundtrack so what do you have for that um i gave that an eight i know we talked about how great that song is and then the 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 bespoke song that she has for her dance party which i fucking if i knew if anybody would come i would have a, a whole dance party with choreography and bespoke song and everyone who wanted to participate would have to come to rehearsals but um nobody would come and it would just be me actually that sounds pretty good <laughs> i don't mind that good. at all that was like a good party um, yeah it's just i mean dancing and i just pay for lessons um But nonetheless, outside of the few songs that are, you know, that song is like playing in world and then the song that's uh, expressing her feelings. Aside from those, those, um, I don't really remember. Oh, wait, no, there's, I'm sorry. There's the famous scene where the, the Billie Eilish song is playing. I completely forgot about that. With the, you know, Which very emotional. 
the, 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 it's like the song from the movie that's probably going to win best song, despite the fact that it shouldn't. I don't know what song you're talking about. <laughs> it's it's playing, you know, during while well, she's, uh, you know, on the bench crying. Oh, I don't know what's playing there. All right, well, it's a Billie Eilish song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they were good. But um, overall, like, there's no like you know score in the background that's really driving the movie the way I would want for a higher grade on this one. Well. I felt the exact same way as you. I gave it an eight and a half, mm -hmm. um, basically because I really enjoyed the soundtrack, but I felt like the score was not really mm -hmm. doing much. So, yeah. yeah, same thing. Cool. So, so let's go to the next category, which is script structure and dialogue. Uh, I gave that a nine point two five. This movie is filled with beautiful lines. Mm -hmm. um, it also was perfectly written for the characters that it was trying to embody. Um, I think it's not quite a 10 though, just because mm -hmm. it, it gets a little over the top at times and a little self-aggrandizing, not all the time, just a little bit, you know, um, but really it's excellent. So mm -hmm. what do you have? Well, I, I gave it very close, but a, a kind of a silly 9.35 because I felt like it was just above 9.25, not quite nine and a half because the dialogue is like close to 10. You know what I mean? Right, right. Exactly. The script structure, if we're including that together, it this goes back to cohe the cohesion and the story issues I had. Um, some of the of the dialogue feels a little like they just wanted to have a funny thing in there, which is great. But um, very close to ten for dialogue alone, because so much of the dialogue was a hilarious and b spot on and c, at, you know, very relevant to the plot. So right. All right, well, let's go to the next category, which is character relatability. What do you have for that? This is kind of a tough one because I'm not a doll. Isn't it know? tough? I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> I gave it a nine because, like, I'm not a doll, but, like, these are feelings that I think everybody experiences, including men. And, you know, a lot of the feelings that the Barbies experience. And by, by Barbies, I mean a stereotypical Barbie in the real world feels. I think men feel them sometimes, too, and we just don't let ourselves. And I feel like everybody... This is the sort of movie that people watch and they're like, holy shit, this is expressing emotions that I didn't have words for until now. Right. So maybe it should even be higher, but that's what I went with. I mean, I was pretty close to you. I gave a 9.25. Okay. Because, I mean, they're dolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the way they experience the world helps you relate to them, right? And I mm -hmm. think it's not a perfect – or it's not perfect because – it's not a perfect score 10, you know, it's not a 10 because of how goofy they made some of the, some of the characters like Will mm -hmm. Ferrell and the other board members. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, mm -hmm. they're not very relatable because they're so absurd. Yeah. Um, it's a hard category for this movie, but I would, I would think that America Ferreira would be extremely relatable for what'd you call it? Assigned a, a fabs. Mm -hmm. No, it wouldn't be that just women. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I think that she would be relatable for women, but what would I know? Um, what I do know is that Ken's insecurities are very relatable as a man. So mm -hmm. that's what I got. All right. So the next category is production value. And I feel like we're going to be similar on this, but we'll see. Um, I give it a 10. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. They created an entire Barbie land. Honestly, I was trying to find a way to not give this a 10 because I have a hard time giving 10s. But come on. How do you do this movie better from this standpoint mm -hmm. in this category? What about yeah. you? I mean, I'm not going to repeat everything you just said, Ted. And I've, I talked about the sets and how great everything is. I mean, I was like, I was like floored. 
I kind of yeah. hope that they still have those sets and the props and everything because I want to go look at them. You know, people they have a lot of Hobbiton still standing in New Zealand, so people can go look at it and like be on the sets because they built a lot of that too. I want that except for this. I want to walk around and sit on in, in her house. Yeah, I know. I'd love to see the sets here. It's really cool. So the next and last category is timelessness. So what do you have for that? Uh, I gave that a 9.25. Um, I feel like it's going to be, it's like kind of already timeless. Mm -hmm. It'll just be interesting to see how it, how it plays in the future, depending on how society goes. <laughs> this is like more of a societal thing than the movie thing, because like, Will people look back on it and go, oh, this is outdated. Oh, this has actually been fixed, maybe, hopefully. No, probably not. So will people look back <laughs> on it and be like, this is stupid. They're, those weren't actual problems. And I I, I feel you on this. Oh, sorry, were you done? No, was, I'm done, yeah. I was just mumbling incoherently. <laughs> well, because um, I gave it a nine and a half. I actually kind of found it a really hard category because it's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be like in the future. So yeah. I imagine that this movie will live on forever. Mm -hmm. I, I can only think so too. But So, you know, you're watching it now and the cultural impact it had this year, you'd think it has to be a 10, right? Mm -hmm. But will that impact endure? Like Top Gun Maverick was a huge hit, but I don't really hear people talking about it anymore a year later. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I decided not to go a full 10. I, you know, I did the nine and a half because I just, I think that that's fair i think i think it has a really good chance to, to at being a 10 so maybe mm -hmm. that rank will change in 20 years but well, timeless uh, this is always tough and this movie is very tough in a lot of ways right it's so atypical well that's it that's the whole rank how to do it must have done pretty well it did really well um it is 184.6 mm-hmm which I know probably doesn't mean much to you, but our top three movies of all time now are all 2023. <laughs> and they go in this order. Killers of the Flower Moon at 186. Barbie at 184. Oh, it beat Oppenheimer? Yeah, 184.6. And then Oppenheimer at 184.5. Oh, geez, just right there. Oh, I feel like that's kind of perfect for this year, though. It, it basically is. I will say... I feel like personally not going by numbers. Oppenheimer's the better movie. Yeah. Oppenheimer should be one. Um, but that's not the way that, that this turned out. So interesting. Interesting. Kind of can't wait to talk about I'm all okay the nominations. With, I'm okay, well, I'm okay with, with it too. Like Flower Moon being the top one. Because that was really Yeah. I don't know how Martin Scorsese can have the best movie of his potentially the best movie is of his career. Yeah. At in his eighties. That's yeah. amazing. What the fuck? Too old. Um and I'm also okay with this beating Oppenheimer. Just, I feel like, you know, a little bit like Oppenheimer's a better movie. But that, you know, whatever. This is in terms year, of film. Yeah. Yeah. I this agree. Year, like six movies could win Best Picture, and I'd be basically okay with it. I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm excited to see Poor Things and American Fiction. I think those are going to be awesome. Same. But um, yeah, all right. Well, we got there. We did it. Uh, Barbie is the number two movie of all time for us so far mm -hmm. between 1947, 2015, 2004, and 2023. <laughs> so basically everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but thanks for listening, everyone. And if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at the rankwithjohnandzack.com. Um, these episodes where we're ranking the current nominees before the actual telecast are, are sort of special. So check out all the others be before the, uh, besides this one. 
and find out which one should win that coveted Best Picture Oscar. Uh, I normally would tell you what's coming next, but I don't really know when this is going to be released. So, um, or if it's going to be released. So, um, but yeah, check in with us either tomorrow or next week and listen to the next one. I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, goodbye. And bar bye. <laughs>